This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18+, plus. rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And welcome to Went to Kings Mellow, the podcast that follows the sometimes fantastic Chelsea FC women's team. Uh, now, away trips to Arsenal always highlighted on the calendar, but this trip on the back of an international break, with players and managers flying across the world, probably couldn't come at a worse time. Chelsea have been unbeaten, Arsenal the same since the shock opening day defeat to Liverpool. This was always going to be a classic. And the early exchanges showed exactly why. Beth Mead put in a vibrant Arsenal 1-0 up after just six minutes to keep the record WSL Emirates crowd rocking. Chelsea showed good fight coming back just six minutes later with Johanna Ritten Cameron firing past Innsberger in the Arsenal goal. Then everything that could go wrong did. Uh, and Captain Berger flapped at a corner. Then Alessia Russo was put in a foot race with Mara Mielder. And then a terrible refereeing decision gave Russo the chance to score her second and Arsenal's fourth from the penalty spot. Chelsea's worst defeat since 2019 against Arsenal. And supporters will be demanding an instant reaction to make sure this is just a bump in the road rather than a full-on car crash. But please, Emma, only hot dogs, no burgers. Uh, and the title of tonight's show is Only Hot Dogs, No Burgers. Went to Mo King's Meadow, episode 113. Uh, and I'm your host, Dean, as always. Uh, and I'm joined this evening by Mr. Simon Kingman. Simon, good to see you. Good evening, everyone. Uh, good to be back. Thanks for having me, Dane. Hello, Matt. Nice to see you. Yeah, likewise. Uh, and we are also joined by Mr. Matt Ball. Matt, good to see you, buddy. Yep, good to be back on again and good to see si- Mick Simon for the first time. Um, I wish we could speak about a better result, but it's not like Chelsea women to lose often, so we might as well talk about a bad result once in a while. Yeah, the first time in four years since the men and the women have lost on the same weekend or day. Um, so usually we are keeping the flag flying high for Chelsea. Uh, unfortunately not uh, this weekend. Now remember you can listen to the show live Every Tuesday around 8 pm by heading to Mixler at mixlr.com and search for Went to Mode Kings Meadow. And you can join in the likes of Buffer uh, in there during the chat room. And you can join in the show by posting as we go. And I'll try and feed some into the show as we do. Uh, now, on the show tonight, in part one, we're going to examine the wreckage of Chelsea's 4 1 defeat away to Arsenal. And then in part two, we're going to look ahead to Thursday night's 
W uh, UWSTL, the UEFA Women's Champions League clash. Uh, get that right uh, with BK Hackham at Stamford Bridge. Uh, so we look forward to that. Before we do all that, a uh, perfect opportunity to tell you that a special subscription offer to Kings Meadow Chronicle uh, is available online via kingsmeadowchronicle.bigcartel.com. Uh, Kings Meadow Chronicle features a host of great writers such as uh, Simon King, who's with us now, Sophie Spittle, Rebecca Grasby, Clayton Beerman, Harry Edwards, uh, Jeremy Goldenberg, and many, many others. Uh, subscriptions. So the special offer is you get the £10 subscription plus delivery. Uh, and then you get a free PDF subscription as well, so you can gift a subscription to a loved one and then get the fanzine email to you as well. Or you can get the email for a friend and get the physical copy yourself. It's up to you. Uh, that website, again, is www.kingsmeadowchronicle.bigcartel.com. Uh, and we'll be right back after this. get this over with because uh, it was a bad bad day for Chelsea uh, lining up for this one in a 4-2-3-1 formation with Van Katchen Berger in goal <coughs> sorry uh, back four in Perisay Maron Mielder Jess Carter and Neve Charles uh, Aaron Cuppert and Jurgen Niskan paired in midfield with Johanna Ritten Cameron Jesse Fleming Lauren James behind Sam Kerr up front um, unsurprisingly Emma Hayes used all five of her available substitutions she brought on Kadisha Buchanan Ashley Lawrence and Frank Kirby at half time for Mielda, Perisay and Niskan. Then in the 64th minute, Guru Wrighton returned from injury, replacing Britton Cameron. And in the 75th minute, Mia Fischel replaced Lauren James. That left just Shira Mizovic, Sophie Ingle, Hannah Hampton and Aggie Beaver-Jones as the unused substitutes. Uh, Stats-wise, Chelsea had 52% possession, uh, 12 shots, 6 on target, 2 corners and 12 fouls to Arsenal's. 48% possession, 12 shots, 5 on target, 5 corners and 16 fouls. And, and Matt, when I put those stats together, I quite surprised to be honest with you because it felt like um well that looks like a closer game than it was yeah it certainly wasn't uh didn't feel like that close uh watching it uh personally i think it was just overall just a dreadful match from top to bottom um as you said and every anything that could have gone wrong went wrong um i think we were also a little bit fortunate to have 10 men on the pitch. So I suppose something went our way, but, um, well, 10 women on the pitch. But it is what it is. I think sometimes you do have these results, you just, and you do have these performances. But unfortunately, we had this performance against arguably the second best team in the division. So um, it's something that we've got to push on. As you said, we've got Hackham in midweek. We've got to score some goals, get some confidence back in, and then continue as we got, as we were before. Yeah, and Simon, I know you was at the game uh, with the Kings Meadow official supporters group flags, uh, and it looked a, a great atmosphere on TV, uh, and Arsenal looked right up for it, and that showed, you know, with that opening goal, didn't it, lots of pressure on us, and we sort of folded quite quickly. It was, yeah. It, it reminded me of the, uh, the Conti Cup final, last season in the way that we played and the way that Arsenal played I mean going there it seems 
the, the place was buzzing, yeah, and, and it was it's a massive stadium, isn't it? I've never been there for a men's game, but the, the women's game. I mean, they were they were quite quiet at Arsenal, and the, the shrill sort of went up as they attacked, and obviously when they scored, it, it sort of erupted. So it was a miserable day for us. Wet. We were sat row four as well, and we were just where the roof soaked us, basically. So it was, yeah, not good, not good. Yeah, all that money decided it, we still get wet at the front. Um, yeah, Max, yeah. it felt like it was going to be a long, long day after that, but Chelsea did um, bounce back pretty quickly uh, with Jesse Fleming running through the midfield. Um, and you had a written camera, obviously, scoring the goal. Um, yeah, I want to talk about Jesse Fleming on that run because that is the style of play I like from her and what I think could make her become one of the best players in the world. We don't get to see it too much at Chelsea and maybe looking at positives of Emma Hayes leaving, which are very few, maybe someone getting the best out of Jesse Fleming could be one of them. Yeah, I've always found that for one reason or another, we don't seem to get the best out of Jesse Fleming. Um, whether that is down to the player, down to Emma. Um, you can never really tell until, as you said, once Emma leaves and someone comes in, we'll see how Jesse does. Um, but you're right, I think it's exactly what we needed in the game. Um, it's just unfortunate we couldn't see that a bit more often in the game itself. Um, but yeah, it, it was the perfect response you wanted. It's just unfortunately, things went even more wrong after. Yeah. I mean, Simon, the goal on, on TV, I was watching on TV, and the commentator was desperate for the offside to be called against Sam Kerr. Uh, and I played in goal, and I know that if a striker's in front of me, I'm letting the, the referee know about it, um, and the linesman. Uh, but Zinsberger did none of that. And have you watched it back? Do you think offside is there's a claim for it or not? To be honest, I've not watched it. I can't force myself to watch it. I knew I was going to be on it. I mean, I should have. And it, it was down the other end as well to us. So, um, yeah, can't comment on that. I'm afraid. I'll be brave enough one day and I'll watch it back and I'll let you know. But I'll say it hurts too much. Hurts. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you watch the replays again, there's a second angle when Cameron shoots and you can see that Sam Kerr's not in front of the goalkeeper. Uh, at all, if she was, she would have let the referee know. Um, as you said, Matt, you know, from there, you know, a good response, hoping to get back in the game, but Chelsea just couldn't. And then we give them a goal where AKB is messing around on the line, then tries to get a ball that she's got no chance of getting. Um, you know, one error too many from Burger. I know that the title of the show is obviously only hot dog, no burgers. Um, it just seems to be every time she's in goal, there is a is a mistake now. Yeah, I mean, it, obviously, it is that she's 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 very good at headers. We've seen that in the World Cup, and how many she scored. So we knew that was a danger threat, and it just it seemed AKB never had never looked confident enough that she was going to go claim the ball. Um, normally, as a goalkeeper, goalkeepers are psychotic. They, they, you have to be some sort of psycho to be in goal, throw yourself at challenges. I just feel that AKB didn't really 100% want to throw herself at it. And when you do that, you're never going to get to the ball. Um, I initially was kind of, I, I was watching it on my phone because uh, I had a Christmas meal. Um, so I didn't have the best initial angle of it. 
Initially, I was fuming because I thought Jess Carter just got completely beaten in the air. Watching the second replay, and I was like, uh, and looking at what Ber- how Berger's done with that, and it was just simply wrong. And unfortunately, with um, catching Berger, I mean, with all the goalkeepers that have come in, naturally the questions are, is AKB going to eventually start phasing out? And unfortunately, I feel like AKB is just making it a bit easier for herself because there is... You've got you've always had to cheer up there to come in when you need. And now you've got Hannah Hampton as well. You've got Nikki Everard on loan. I think she need she, if if she wants to keep a first choice goalkeeper, be the first choice goalkeeper at Chelsea in the future. I think she needs to really cut these mistakes out because it's not looking good for her. Yeah, I mean more talk on the goalkeepers uh, later in the show. Um, and, and Simon, from that, you know, things go from from bad to worse. Um, you know, Russo being put in a foot race with Mara Miel, there's only going to be one winner. And I know it's easy to say in hindsight because Mielder's played, you know, she played well when she's come in, but when you're going to the Emirates, a big pitch against you know, a fast attack, she's not the quickest. And maybe the Cannon should have started this game if we were going to play with a high line. I think so, yeah. I mean, I saw that bit and um, Russo, it looked like a race between, I don't want to be rude, but it, it seemed like a race between two cart horses. And Russo, yeah, she sort of showed her a clean pair of heels as she was going through it. It wasn't a sprint, but it's difficult, isn't it? Do you play, should she have played it right back? Because I thought Eve was pretty poor to begin with, and we were sort of getting getting done a lot down Arsenal's left, our right with Ford. It's difficult. I think Buchanan is, um, she makes a few mistakes as well. It's, it's a difficult position at the moment, isn't it? With Millie out and now Nguyen as well. I think we, we could have done with her really, but obviously that's not to be. So that, that was probably the best that we had really. Jess, and Marin. Mm, difficult That's, decisions, yeah. really. It is, but if you're going to play with you know, Marin, it's not as fast. Maybe don't play on the halfway line uh, and let Arsenal get the no, ball. No, no, true, true. I don't think the mid- midfield helped the defence either at all in the game, which is why the full-backs were getting um, beaten for the majority of the match, uh, especially Ford, who had a good game. Um I mean, we come to half-time, Matt 3-1 down. We're looking at Emma Hayes to make changes and to change the flow of the game. Um, she does make changes. Um, shit, where I am now. Um, Buchanan, Lawrence and, and Kirby on. Um, did, obviously, I didn't, but what was your thoughts on the, at the time of those changes? And do you think that was the right change at the right time or not? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I felt... Um... Ingle should have come on because, as you said, the midfield, whether you had Buchanan there, whether you had Mielder there, the defensive screen wasn't there um, in the match. Um, and whether it was you know, Skin that needed to come off, Lemon that needed to come off the uh, cuff, but whoever, I felt we just needed a Sophie Ingle just to at least sit, maybe allow the other two midfielders to then both push it forward a bit more um, and almost have... Ingle was that sitting, um, but 
we didn't decide to do that. Maybe it's because we're already 3-1 down and you've just at that point got to go with it. So I can kind of sort of understand it, but maybe it was just the fact that you, you're 3-1 down. Maybe the confidence was so shot that they weren't going to come back from it, especially at, uh, at the Emirates where, the, as you said, the crowd was buzzing. Um, the crowd's on Arsenal side. Referees clearly on Arsenal side. BBC commentary on Arsenal side. So wasn't really much going for us at all in the game. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't really understand stand some of the subs at the same time. It wouldn't have been the subs that I'd made. Yeah, I mean, Simon, I, I tweeted during the first half that you know, they were screaming out for Ingle to come and help Nuskin and, and Cuthbert. And, you know, the fact is you took Nuskin off for Kirby and you know, really then just left Erin on her own in that midfield when you really you wanted the three bodies in there. You wanted Cuthbert to go and sit on Kim Little for the whole game and stop it influencing the way Arsenal play as she does uh, so well. So for me, you know, this is one that, that Emma's got wrong more than the players. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, Ingle, we spoke about her before, didn't we? And you, you don't realise until she's not playing just what she brings to that team. And it would have been a perfect game for her to play. And, yeah, it's it's a strange one. Did Emma do it just to play Jonas on her last visit to Arsenal? Give him a bit of, you know, a taste of... What could be, but it's um, Eve. I think we were all calling that Eve. I'd love Eve, and I think she's our number one right back. And I think we were all calling for her to sort of come off. We thought she might be the one that sort of gave way at half time. Oh, yeah, Newskin. I, I think I prefer Newskin forward more as well. Yeah. Sitting behind Sam, maybe, but then that's it, isn't it? Is then where do you put Jesse? Perhaps Jesse should have played swap positions with Nuskin. She got yeah, a pump up the word, didn't she? Nuskin, did she go off injured? Yeah, yeah, yeah. As you say, you know, lots of lots of choice of decisions that we don't make or get paid to make, but. Yeah, Matt, we'll go back on no, saying that we, yeah, we were 3-1 down, obviously, and the games, we were losing the game anyway. But for me, you know, the subs just made the whole second half so chaotic and we had, you still got 45 minutes and you need two goals to be level. I mean, it takes a second to score is what they always say. Um, and it just felt like we was playing as if it was the last minute of the game for the whole half and the chances that Arsenal had and spurred them. I mean, Black Tinius missed a great one uh, over the bar. It could have been, you know, even worse than it was. And I think that was down to the way that Emma Hayes set the team out to play in that second half, especially. Yeah, and I think if you if you kind of look back almost to the Man City game as well, in, in a similar sort of effect, that was kind of the way we'd come out in the second half. Obviously, we were down, City were down to 10 men. We had the chance to then take control of the game and again it was a bit chaotic in that game while I feel we have played well with parts this season there are parts of the season where I've been a bit worried particularly defensively uh, and I think this has just shown the frailties that have been kind of under the woodworks a little bit in some of the games that we've kind of brushed over because we've scored loads of goals and we've won the games in the end um, or got a draw at least um, but I think Hopefully, this is the result just to 
kick it into the heads of the players, kick it into the head of Emma, Emma Hayes, not that she needs it normally, um, and that we can just move on, win most of the rest of the games of the season, hopefully get another WSL title. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, Simon, if there was any hope of us getting back into the game, that was gone when Arsenal got that penalty in the second half. Um, I know this was been the other end for you as well. Um, how did it look at, at first glance live? Um, the way the referee reacts, and we saw Berger sort of come charging out. I thought Berger was going to get a red card as well. And I, I did sort of manage to see a little clip of that, and it was just a fantastic tackle, wasn't it, by Jess? Jess you can see the, the balls going the same way that Jess has tackled. But it was, and then that's it, isn't it? All you want to do then when they score that is get the hell out of there. But somebody had to take the banners down, unfortunately. So, and that was me. Just left them. Um, I mean, Matt, you know, the penalty is obviously given for the contact between Rousseau and Berger. Um, you know, for me, it's all Rousseau. I think Rousseau sees the keeper just leaves her foot there or even kicks her herself to go down. You know, for me, it's, it's not a penalty at all. Um, you know, what's your thoughts on, on that decision? And you know, further on to that, you know, should we be looking at for VAR now in the women's game because of the amount of wrong decisions we get? Yeah, I mean, as a as a former ref myself, there's not many decisions that I, I, I mean, I can I can look at decisions. There's, there's a lot of decisions that people said oh, I was really wrong, and I can look at it from a from a referee's point of view, and I can see why a referee's given certain things. It might be a bit subjective. It might be down to whoever person you look at, but most decisions you can kind of see that. This it was one of the few decisions that I was completely bewildered by. Um, and cannot make any excuse of why a referee's given this, why she's done that. Um, as you said, Carter clearly gets the ball, pushes it away. For me, that's that's dumb. But it's not like Berger's come in and completely clattered Russo. Um, if that was the case, then I can understand it. But as you said, the keeper's Berger's there, and Russo's just effectively run into her. Berger can't just get out of the way, because the ball's already gone at that point anyway. Um, it's just a, it's a ludicrous call um, and obviously it's not the only mistake in the game arguably two players should have been sent off in the match anyway um, do we need VAR? obviously it's, it's I, I'm I'm not I'm a fan of the technology I'm not a fan of the people that use it that's my problem as much as VAR does help and the technology is Obviously, it take, I think the problem people have is it takes a bit too long. It ruins the effect of goals, which I can understand. But the more people use it, naturally, it should take a lot less. But ultimately, the referees have got to be the ones that are trained better and are just of a better quality because they're the same people that are using the VAR. And usually it just causes a bit more confusion because, again, where subjective decisions come in, one ref will think it's a penalty, say the the referee on field, the VAR ref might not think it's a penalty, but they both could be right in their own ways. Um, and that's where confusion happens, inconsistency happens, and then people go on the idea of, do we need VAR? Um, 
if I was to make a final decision, I think it will probably solve, it will, it'll fix more decisions that we're in, but um, I don't know whether it will come in any time soon. Yeah, I mean, Simon, just on from that, you know, speaking of AKB, I, I know she had stopped by the time that Russo clatters into her, but, you know, rushing out, she did that against Leicester, didn't she, and gave away the free kick that led to their second goal that she should have been sent off for in that game. Uh, but again, you know, is there some criticism to be let at her door there? Because the defenders are there covering. I think so, yeah. I mean, I know you, you said we're going to speak about it a bit more later, but these are these the moments of madness that she has. And there's always going to be one in the game. And obviously there were a couple in this game. And this. Um. It's difficult. I mean, like you said about the VAR, I don't know whether four officials, four linos would make any difference because they, they don't seem to want to know, do they? They don't help the referee in any way. You know, it's one of my pet hates of officials. So something needs to be sorted out with it, really. They need to help more. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, I think... First step of full time refs, full time assistant referees, so training. I think so. Yeah. Look at those decisions and they can see, you know, all oh, this is wrong, this is right. When they're in that situation again, maybe they've got that experience now to say, oh, this, this is the right call to make. And, you know, people make mistakes. Everyone's human. I get that. The game is very quick, but you need to give the referees the best chance to keep up with it, in my opinion. And, and Matt, you mentioned two players should have been sent off. The first, uh, I actually don't know what all these happened in. Uh, Lauren James will say number one. Um, again, you know, a rush of blood to the head for her, over the top of the ball, uh, studs down the shins. Lucky to be on the pitch. Uh, and then Katie McCabe, you know, an elbow into Frank Kirby's face. Um, again, lucky to be on the pitch. Um, but aside from the decisions, we want to just touch on the language and the tone that are used around it. Um, you know. Lord James already now has his reputation of, you know, being petulant, moody, arrogant. Uh, and that, unfortunately, turns quite quickly into racism, uh, which obviously the club have put a statement out today uh, to support her for the abuse that she's got from from that. And, you know, it wasn't the worst challenge in the world. It was, you know, although we're saying it's a red card, you know, it's not a leg breaker. It's just a nasty challenge that she didn't need to make. But that quite quickly goes into abuse, and we see, you know, Sky Sports WSL clipping it up, putting it out there for the engagements and the clicks, where nobody's talking about Katie McCabe's elbow uh, to Frank Kirby, and it's not the first time that Katie McCabe has, you know, done something which is, is violent conduct that should have been sent off for and is overlooked. I mean, what was sort of your, your thoughts and views around that? Yeah, I mean, I think I'm going to try and say this in the most polite way there are certain agendas that existed in media we, we saw it with the BBC commentary throughout the game, we've seen it with Sky we've seen it before with Chelsea it doesn't matter whether it's the men's or the women's it doesn't matter whether it's the under 18s the under 7s, whoever is look, if they can find something to clip up and bring on a Chelsea player and certainly a Chelsea player that seems to be ounces of positivity um, Lauren James has had a fantastic few seasons. 
she's only 21. She's very young and young people make mistakes. Uh, I've made the amount of mistakes I made when I was 21, 2021, it's a far, a far lot worse than what Lauren's doing. Um, so, I mean, I, I, when I saw it, I called it brainless. Um, but, and, and I can understand people, like my, one of my mates, Arsenal fan, he said it's it's a dirty it's a dirty player, and I'm like, I can understand that she's done a, lot, a few things now that in a fairly short period of time, but there's no reason for Sky BBC to just click it up, especially when it's not being done by Kate McCabe um, and other players have had it in, in the past, um, both men's and women's. Um, I think this just shows that you do need to be careful with what you put out. And how you put it up, because unfortunately there are people. Whether you, I'm sure Sky, their intention is not to have racist abuse all on to Lauren James, but this is just the result of. Dang, oh, I don't want to say dangerous language, but language that can be twisted and used by these sort of people that are poisonous in society to put hate on certain players. And this is where I think we need to be careful with what's constructive and what's creating an agenda because saying Lauren James um, some of the things that Sky and that have clipped her up and saying she is that doesn't do anything to actually help Lauren James learn from these mistakes I think sometimes I find big media companies need to be more constructive of their stuff without going into the realms of creating agendas and forcing hate onto players because End of the day, Sky will never Sky won't get punished for it. No one moment Sky apart from us lot. Um, but as much as as much as we, we we have a great voice on here, it's not gonna it's not gonna hurt Sky at all. Um, but it's just something that needs to be stopped because at some point, players are whether it's men's, women's, whoever, someone's gonna take this really the wrong way, and we could have something that we don't want to talk about happen. Yeah, some are following up from, from Matt's great points. You know, it takes the conversation away from you know what we should be talking about. Where if they keep up both challenges and say they talk about VAR, you know, there's a conversation to be had there because there's two errors missed by the referee and the lines. The people at the game they don't see or, or don't give. Uh, but instead, you know, Lauren James is facing abuse for for just a, a bad challenge, which shouldn't be happening. It's terrible. It, it really is. I've seen those videos of um, the Arsenal players. I don't know if it was in jest. You can't tell, but the, the walks they're doing, was it Leah Williamson was one? And a couple of the others sort of taking the mickey out of her as well. And I, I, I just, a, a young girl that's playing as well as she is and she's getting all this abuse off people and it's, it is, it's just wrong. Hers... It was um, after her World Cup game, I, I listened to a podcast with Farrah Williams and she was saying, you show me a player that's not got frustrated and lashed out, whether it be a, a bad tackle or an arm. If if she's getting abuse on the pitch from people and little nudges and that, she's going to react like that. She shouldn't have reacted like it, but she is. But McCabe was just... We all know what she's like. She's a, a yellow card every game and just lashed out. 
I didn't realise how bad it was at the time. I'd seen um, Fran go on the floor and sort of throw her arms up and look at the referee and everyone booing Kate was in I'd seen a clip of that of the elbow. And it's it's terrible. Terrible. Violent. Yeah, I mean I don't remember seeing the Katie McCabe challenge on the coverage, whether that's just because I don't remember it. Or they, it wasn't sort of shown or picked up at all. Uh, I don't know. So somehow I'd say that I probably would have forgotten it. Even if they did show it. But um you know it seemed to me that the focus was straight away on on Lauren James and then the conversation from the World Cup after the um just treading on the back of uh Casido, is it? Um the the striker. Um but yeah, as we said, you know, no player should face you know, abuse, uh especially on social media and you know, they're the companies that need to do something about you know, these faceless or, I mean these days are not even faceless accounts, you know, people are quite happy to put their face behind racist abuse, um, which is a Probably a reflection of society on as a whole uh, in general these days. Yeah, uh, yeah isn't it? He's keyboard warriors. Yeah. Moving on from 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 that, I think we've covered that, and I know there's a, a good clip from uh, Counter Pressed who cover more than just Chelsea and the WSL that cover it very well. So I think it's always hard for three white guys to talk about racism uh, because we obviously never felt it or never faced it and never will. So. Uh, but we show our support to Lauren and everybody that's you know facing abuse. Uh, it shouldn't be happening. Um, moving on to the football, then you know four one is the worst defeat since Arsenal beat us five nil. Um, where does this rank for you, Matt? In sort of worst defeats, sort of up there with the worst ones: the Wolfsburg Champions League, Champions League final, semi final. Yeah. <laughs> I think the game from kind of start to finish—that's the thing that frustrates me—is the game from start to finish was just poor. The as Emma kind of said a little bit, the basic things wasn't done. Nothing from players, the manager to the water water girl, nothing was done right that day. Um, And people look like the uh, the Champions League final and. I think for that, it was one, 20 minutes of very poor play, but we at least showed ourselves in the second half um, and kept Barcelona out and tried a little bit to try and get back in the game. But that game was just gone before it even started. Um, but this game was just the whole... I, it, it was it was that bad. I, I, don't, I, I, was, I was less... I was more frustrated with this than the men's, and that's saying something with the, men, how the way the men play at the moment. So that can kind of sum it up as my final point. This. Yeah, I will say I do sit near the dugout at Tampa Bridge when we play there, and it is a water boy. So you were right, the fact it is a water boy. Um, yeah. This meeting is being recorded. Um, yeah. So I just want to read some uh, quotes from the from the manager Simon because I thought there was interesting after the game, saying that we couldn't execute the basic things. Even when we did well to win the ball back, we gave it away again. It's so difficult as a coach when you have no control in a certain way and I felt we lacked that across the pitch. I have a dressing room that would acknowledge that and own it. That's not our best and to be honest, that was probably our very worst. Um, it feels to me as if, you know, she's putting that on the players. Does a bit, yeah. Yeah, that's the first time I'd seen it or heard it. Um 
it, it looked like a team that had not played together before. I know coming back off internationals, but then we've come back off internationals before and won, haven't we? Perhaps she should have, yeah, tactics and sank her. Is she fit? She didn't look fit. Is that one that she could have changed? Bring Fisher in. Mm. Like you said about the defence and sense backs and that, could she have changed things differently? I don't know. I don't know. We were just saying, um, she starts to take her eye off the ball a little bit. It's a bit controversial, but I said to the kids on the way home, we didn't win anything this season, in their last season. Obviously, not going to happen, is it? Because we're going to win everything, but it sort of crept in, that little bit of doubt as well. Yeah, amazing what a defeat can do for you. Uh, Should we sack her? Should we sack her and off the happy fate? <laughs> I think she's in charge, though. I think she gets inside when she gets sacked. Uh, by the sounds of it. Hashtag, hashtag hazing. Yeah, not from us, anyway. Please don't come for me. Can't deal with no, it. Definitely not. No, just yeah. joking. Go for Simon. Joking. At, at Kingman Simon, please, for that one. <laughs> That's um, right. Yeah, Matt, obviously going back to the goalkeepers, obviously the title of the show tonight is a play on the situation. Um, we talk about them every week because the decision seems to change the two starts. I mean, given, you know, we spoke about the Leicester mistake for a MKB, there's just at least definitely one here, if not two, in Arsenal. Uh, there's a mistake against Real Madrid that costs us a goal. If she's not sold on Musovic, then do you think that Hampton should get the next three games? You know, Hacken, Bristol City and Hacken again in Champions League and see what she can do? Yeah, I think it would be no no harm to the team to give Hannah, Hannah the um, the games. I mean, I, I wouldn't mind whether it's Zachira or Hannah. Um, I mean, I, for me, Zachira is not... If, if I had to choose number one, it would be Zachira. Um but we haven't seen Hannah in a Chelsea shirt, and I think it would be they're the least pressure games to give her um, a chance to show what she's got. Um, so I, why not? I mean, she's not been given a game so far, so she might as well be given one. Yeah, well, we're going to talk about the goalkeeper who should start uh, for the hacking game, and we talk about that in part two, so we'll come back to that. Uh, now, I didn't do a private match poll because I don't think there was anyone that deserved to be on it. Um uh, but the last thing I will say is that we are still top of the table and that is worth remembering. Uh, it's just one defeat right now. Uh, maybe next week uh, we can talk about Hayes out, Simon. But we'll see if we lose to Bristol City. Uh, probably deserves to be sat for that, to be fair. Um, right, before we go to the break, a friendly reminder that if you enjoy hearing from us and like to help support the show, then why not consider signing up to become a season ticket holder on our Patreon as a member, you get early and ad-free access to all our podcasts. And after three months, you also get an exclusive Went to Making Mellow sticker. Uh, and you'll hear our summer content. Uh, and those who aren't on Patreon don't have that luxury. Uh, so to support the show, just head to www.patreon.com forward slash Went to Mellow. And we'll be right back after this break. When you follow a big team like Chelsea, one of the most frustrating things is not being able to get a ticket for the match, especially when it's away and not live on TV in the UK. What can you do? Get updates from your mates? Follow online commentary? Listen to the radio? Let's face it, 
It's not the same as actually watching the match live, is it? NordVPN have the solution to every football supporter's match day problems when they can't watch the match live. NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. It's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Uh, welcome back to Went Smoking's Meadow. Time now to look ahead then to that UEFA Champions League clash with BK Hacken at Stamford Bridge this Thursday. And Simon, I'll come to you on the goalkeeper situation. Matt saying, you know, give Hannah that chance um, if you're not going to trust him to cheer up. For me, anyone but Berger. Probably I'll go with Muzovic, but where do you stand or sit on the on the fence on this? Um, yeah, like you both said, Muzovic is my number one. Um, better with her feet than Berger. Um, somebody commented on Sunday about the um, where Berger rushed out. Muzovic would have perhaps stayed on her line, closer to her line. But interesting about Hampton, I think when you you watch him warm up, and she looks really, really good. I know sort of last season when we had um, Emily Orman in goal, when you watch her sort of warming up, and she was constantly just picking the ball out of the back of the net. But Hampton is, yeah, a different, different kettle of fish. Maybe we should try her. Perhaps Bristol rather than Thursday night against Hackton. Sort of a must-win game, isn't it? Where it's should be right, shouldn't we? Against Bristol, give her a couple of games. But yeah, it was a bitch for me. Bitch. Yeah. Um, then you obviously got players Matt like Jess Carter and, and Neve Charles who seem to play every game. Given that we've just lost, we're going to need to win. That they can't get a rest either on Thursday. They're going to need to to, to you know, struggle through it. Yeah, I mean it's it's a bit it's a bit harder with Carter, I think, because we do we, we know our lack of centre backs now with injury. That I think Carter just has probably has to play. Uh, you don't really want to change too much in that centre back position when it's already not at its strong point. Um, Charles, could could she could she be rested? Could Lawrence start? Probably, but again, maybe it might be a thing of you play Charles as a starter win the game in the first half and then maybe look to bring her off at half time then she gets so called rest um from coming off um, and Lawrence comes on at half time. Um depends on how she wants to play. I, I think there will be changes. Uh, I don't think she'll stay with staying with the same team. Um it just, I don't think it'll be a centre back. I think centre back will still be Carter and Mielder. Mm, I've gone for an interesting choice in my prediction. Uh, which after you said that I think it's going to be wrong but we'll stick with it for now um, I suppose Simon the one positive from, from Sunday was the return of Guru Wrighton 
Um, good to see her back on the pitch. Do you think this could be a, a first start for her? Um, fantastic player, isn't she? Yeah, yeah, I've got her in my team. I don't think um, JRK should be dropped. I think she's playing really well. So I've got JRK one side and then Royton the other side. It's good to see her back. I, I'm just thinking when you were talking about centre-backs, and there, could you drop Ingle back into centre-back? Would that be a possibility? She played there. I seem to remember her playing there before. She would lose her in midfield, wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean, I've got sort of him here, you know, you know in, in for Cuthbert with a question mark. Because the speaking of Erin, you know, sort of the worst I've seen her play this season uh, at the start of this year. She hasn't sort of looked herself at all in any of the matches. She looked, you know, out of place on Sunday. And I, not down to her, I think the system didn't help her at all. And then she was left on her own in the second half to give her that. Um, but, you know, not our usual wearing standards that we, we come to know. Yeah, I mean, she's not... She's, <laughs> it shows how kind of poor she's been. She's not been in my lineup for weeks just because I feel like she's not... She doesn't look at it. Um, but at least with kind of Sam... Sam so some games of Sam is on it. Some games you can see Sam doesn't look fit. Um, but just... But I don't know why. Maybe it's just the amount of games she's played over a period of seasons and maybe it's just get maybe it's just this season that she needs a bit of a period out um coming off the bench and sometimes a player does need that I feel I just I think Ingle provides a bit of stability so I think would place her in that midfield and then you can you can choose who you want to play beside her whether it's Nuskin, whether it's Kirby, um Fleming, um anyone anyone really. Um I think at the moment, I think just to keep things stable and steady, I think Ingle needs to be put back in that that, that defensive midfield position. Yeah, I agree with that. And you know, talking of you know, Sam Kerr, though, Simon Kerr, official for you? Um, I've gone official. Just to give Sam a bit of a rest. Really, she doesn't. She's not firing on all cylinders, is she? At the moment. Look quite sluggish, I think, on uh, Sunday. So I've gone official. Yeah, I just think she always stick with with Sam as a the start. Um, and when I come to my lineup, I sort of I'll explain that a bit more. But you know, I mean, Matt, we spoke about winning the game first and then making the changes. But you know, Hacken will deserve some respect, you know, because they are top of the group because they beat Real Madrid and Paris two one in their opening two games. Uh, two and from two, unlike anyone else who've all dropped points. Yeah, I mean to be fair, arguably we should be getting two or two wins from two as well, but it is it is what it is. Um but yeah, I think Hacken have they've showed up and they've played really well and I think they will get our respect, but I think I think they'll be annoyed that Chelsea lost at the weekend because I think Chelsea will come out firing because they don't want they will want to prove that this is just a blip and I think this is where Hacken will be a bit worried that Chelsea will come out firing all cylinders. Yeah, and according to Google, Simon, they haven't played since they beat Paris 2-1 on the 15th of November. 
So they're either going to be extremely fresh or they're going to be lacking a bit of that match sharpness. And hopefully it's the latter and we can take advantage of that. Hopefully, hopefully. Like Matt said, it'll be a, a bit of a wounded beast situation and we'll come out, yeah, scoring about five goals in the first 10 minutes after Emma's given them a rocket all week. Yeah, hopefully. Uh, we'll see. Um, I know it is cold in Sweden, so there's not many games being played. Uh, or their season finishes or whatever it does. I don't know how they do it, but according to Google, they haven't played since the 15th of November. And they don't play again until after the Champions League till March. Um, it's a bit of a weird one for those Scandinavian teams, I suppose. Um, team predictor then. This is a bit of a mix of me and what I think Emma's going to do. Uh, so it's 3-5-2. Muzovic in goal. A back three of Lawrence, Mielder and Buchanan. Uh, written Cameron and Wrighton as win-backs. Ingle and Cuthbert as the midfield. And then got Kirby James behind Kerr. Um, you know, I think Cuthbert should be out of the team, uh, which is hard for me to say as someone that loves Erin Cuthbert, but I think Emma picks her. I think she starts Sam because you start Sam Kerr, uh, even if she's not fit. Um, then use those win backs as the width and have to go to James and Kirby as those two tens, you know, causing havoc, hopefully, uh, in between. But Matt, I think you're going to make a couple of changes to that, maybe in defence. Yeah, I mean, I, I would see. I, I think I think Emma will put Chira in goal. Um, I probably would put Hannah in goal. Um, yeah, I mean, I'd probably play Lawrence, the elder Carter, Perisay as the back four. Um, I definitely think Hannah needs needs to start. I think she's she's not proved me wrong, but I've, I've kind of I, I wanted to see more after last season from her, and I think she is. Providing that this season, I think she deserves a start. Um, I do think Brighton probably will get 60 and come off. Um, midfield. Have we got any injuries in the midfield? Uh, well, weren't Liverpool supposed to be available and they weren't put in the 11th squad? Yeah, so that may, I, I assume that Liverpool is not going to play. Um, it's probably Ingle. Ingle. I would go Ingle, uh, Ingle, Fleming, Kirby, and then um, James and Kerr. Yeah, and Simon, what would your changes be? I've gone um, Muzovic in goal. Um, it's difficult, isn't it? Because if they all play badly, do you want to chuck some of them out or do you want to just carry on? I've gone... Um, Lawrence, right back. Buchanan, Jess, centre. Charles, left back. I think she's going to play every game, Charles. Um, Ingle, I've crossed I've had about three different names for the other position. I've went with Cuthbert, I've went with Lou Bowles, and I've gone with Fleming. Now, <laughs> um, Fran behind, Fischl, um, and then... JLK and Royton getting a start. But then I've dropped Lauren as well. So should Lauren play? Because oh, I don't know. I don't know. That's my team anyway. I'll stick that one. Final answer. Because I always say it's a waste of time. To Who knows? Uh, Who knows? Yeah. yeah. 
some players miss games because of um, a run of fixtures and you find out they've got an injury that keeps them out too after the new year. Uh, really bright. Um, but So you can't trust anything that Emma Hayes... And you Aggie's not even there, is she? She's not even featured, but she'll come on at some point, I suppose. We will find out about obviously. Yeah, Thursday night. Uh, Prediction time. Uh, Matt, I'll let you go first. Um, I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I think both teams are going to be up for it. I still, I just at the moment I can't trust us defensively to keep clean sheets. So I think it's going to be four-two. Four-two. Simon? I'm going to contradict myself because I said five minutes after ten minutes at the first but I'm going to go 3-2 uh, Still five goals but an easy 3-2 an easy 3-2 yeah. yeah, I don't like 3-2 bad score um, I don't know no idea and to be honest, we don't do anything with these predictions, so I don't have to say one, to be honest, because next week I'm not going to know what I said anyway, so I don't know is the answer to this. don't know what she's going to do, don't know how they're going to play. Uh, I just know it's happening on Thursday, really, is all I know. Uh, so, yeah, 4-1, there you go, I've got to say one. Uh, sadly, that is all we've got time for this week uh, Matt thanks for joining us after work appreciate the effort yeah I mean work work can be a little bit of pain sometimes but I'm happy to be on yeah and Simon a bit of a battle early on but we got there thanks to Verity shout out to Verity yeah thanks for having me yeah well done Verity come on Trump's again <laughs> uh, now if you want more from us then make sure to follow us on Twitter at MoKingsMeadow and Instagram at WentToMoKingsMeadow uh, I am Matt D. Mir, Simon's at Kingman Simon. And Matt, yours has changed from Matt J. Ball 98, or is that the same? Yeah, that's the same. Of course, so. We were back, hopefully, on Friday with Rich Bates, uh, Ben, aka Medicine from the Discord, and Simon once again for a review of that BK hacking game. Maybe Simon will remember the um, predictions. I should do some sort of points thing, uh, but I can't bother. So I won't. Uh, yeah, David, you're right on Mixler there. West Ham FA Cup first round uh, in the new year. Um, didn't even think to talk about that, but there you go. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, until next time, from King's Meadows, when we keep the blue flag flying. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners or odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. 
so you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rust-Oleum.